Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hey, um, welcome. Hey, you guys over here, you guys are awesome. All right, I, we see you, we love you. Um, I, I, you might have the best seat in the house or not the best. I don't know which, but um, we really love and value you guys here. Wow, there's a lot of really great people here. Um, we are going to two services. Um, now you have choices, and I was told that people like choices. So you have choices now, and maybe we won't have people that, that don't have to sit over here, um, but you still can if you want to. Um, Anyway, I'm really excited about that. Um, I, you know, it's, I'm going to make this real short so I can get um, our friend up here. We had a, a really cool opportunity. Um, there was a, a Lori. How many of you guys know Lori Thomas? She's our kids director, revivalist. She's got two, three young kids that are just killing it with the father. It's awesome to watch their family. Anyway, she, she went up to um, uh, Bethel Church up in Reading, who um, we're just, we're friends with that church. We really love them. Um, and we're in relationship with them. We love, we love what God's doing there. And she got connected with a bunch of the kids leaders up there. And just through just kind of random, you know, uh, a place of favor and honor in, in, in the whole thing, um, we had a couple of their leaders come down and, and, want, and they were in the area. And they said, can we come by? And can we just sow into some of your kids leaders? That's all we want to do. And so we're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. That's amazing. And so we actually had um, Rick and help me with the other names, Bill and Matthew, um, the th- they, they took a road trip down here to see what God wanted to do in Orange County, and we happened to have been a stop on the way, so that was really awesome. And so um, he, they, they came in and spoke to our kids' leaders, some of our parents, um, some of our volunteers, and, and it was just awesome. Now, um, uh, the cool thing here is that God really spoke to me as I was listening to what they're saying, and I was going to have Rick, um, who's kind of leading the trip, share some testimonies, and I just, I really felt like, guys, that sometimes you get... You get opportunities that God gives to you and you have the option to say yes or no. And the beautiful thing about being a son is I know that God's really okay whatever I decide because he gives me options because he really likes me, okay? So there's not a right or wrong answer in this, but I felt like the Lord said, Jesse, if you want, you could have Rick share in front of the whole family. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, let's see. Yeah, that feels really good. Let's do that, Papa. And so I, I was listening to some of his stories he was going to tell, and I, I listened. Really what I saw is I saw the love of God flowing out of him as he talked about his relationship with the Father and how he got to know the Father. And then, and then he works with, Rick actually works with, um, with the kids up at their healing room. They have about 400 volunteers, and on any given Saturday, they have, what, 250 people come through? 800 volunteers. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Um, I used to be on staff. I used to be one of those volunteers. And so he's, he gets to train up the kids' division of, of the healing rooms. Did you know, did you, we're going to have a kids' division someday, all right? I, I just want to just declare into, into, that we're going to have our own healing kids' division, and, and, and they're going to see more healings than the adult division. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited for that day. So um, uh, I just felt like this was a moment that we didn't want to miss. Um, this incredible man of God. He's got a phenomenal testimony. I hope he shares it, but he gets to share what he wants because I just really wanted to hear from God. Um, yeah, so can we just, honestly, can we just give a, an applause? Just let's honor what God's doing in his life and we'll get to hear from him in a sec. Come on up, Rick. 
<laughs> I forget. Sometimes in my kids, sometimes you have to hold it. And sometimes I drop it. Sometimes I have to yell. Anyways, this is amazing. <sighs> this is the, <sighs> I love the presence, and I'm at the presence in a bar. <laughs> right now, that's another knock off my bucket list. I've wanted to preach. I've wanted to share. I've wanted to love people in a bar. And there's a bunch of you. <laughs> that's really cool. I'm thinking there might be more people here in church than there is still in this bar. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't been to a bar in a long time. But there's a bunch of people here. Okay, first off, how many people love Jesus? Would you raise your hand? That's good. Okay, that's really good. Could, can I get a real... I mean, the, the, I, Okay. Can, can we just... Thank you, Jesus. Can, can, can we just get not a golf call, but a radical lover of Jesus call. Can we just get a praise Jesus? And I want him to hear it outside. Okay. One, two, three. Praise Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. This place is radical, man. I just see Jesus. Man, there's smiles. Jesus is just bouncing at me from all you, man. This is amazing. And, and, Okay, I got to do one thing here because this is y'all. We're gonna we're gonna get into some testimonies, but there's something really radical I love to do, because check this out. I never dreamed I'd be a Christian. Okay, that was never on my bucket list, but but Jesus knew what was happening. Okay, and 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 my mom has a hard time believing that I go to churches and speak. She goes, "Son, don't use God," and I'm like, "Mom, He wants me to use Him." So so what I like to do. Okay, what he does, he's my best friend. If I'm in trouble and I don't use him, he's, he's like, why didn't he use me in that? When my best friend is hurting and he doesn't call me and tell me, I call him and he calls and he gets through it and he comes to me and he goes, man, I haven't talked to you in two weeks because I've just been going through so much and it was so horrible. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you call me to pray? Well, I didn't want to bother you, Rick. I know you got your own stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. Trust and believe when I'm going through it, I'm going to call you and you're going to go through it with me because I don't know how to do it alone. That's why we have community together. That's why you have valuable friends that say, hey, Rick, check this out. You might not want to do that. I'm like, well, I think God's on it. Let's pray on that together. And I'm like, whoa, I'm so glad he was in my life because I was going to crash and burn right there. I knew it. Something was wrong. So, but anyways, I've got my iPad and what I want, really, just a real quick second, I would just like, I'd like you to all look happy, okay? Okay? And, and you, you, guys, you guys are really radical. And what, I, what I'd really like you to do is on the count of three, I'm going to do a video real quick, and I would like you to say, hi, Verna, okay? And, and my poor mother, she, she's, I, I think she's 84, and bless her heart, she doesn't have a computer because she said she doesn't need one. So, you know, I've got to hand send these. I've got to get them to her, usually through my brother or something. But anyways, I send these to her just to let her know that it's really true. It's really true. I share Jesus with people. I love Jesus. You know, there's, there's only one reason I'm alive today, and that's because of Jesus. You know? And anyways, so we'll get in. Anyways, I love this. I love talking about Jesus. So, okay. Okay. On the count of three. 
told you I need to be mic'd up, but I'm pretty loud. So on the count of three, I would like you just to say, hi, Verna, and wait, okay? I know it's a, it's a lot, and we're in church, but dang it, I like to have fun. So when they told me that you have fun as a Christian, I'm like, I'm all in. Because before, I believe, when I went to church, I had to sit in the row, and I had to stand when I told you to stand, I had to sit when I told you to stand, I had to turn a certain book page, and I had to sing a song that I didn't understand, and I couldn't read it because I had dyslexia. So, I was really hard for me to go to church, I did it. Okay, that's what I was like. Anyways, I'm in the presence. <laughs> 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 you know, Pastor Bill says the only thing I can preach on is the presence. Yeah. And I'm at the presence preaching about the presence. It's still there. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I love to see smiles and laughter in church. Because you know what I expect? You know what? Joy of the joy is a third of the kingdom. Right? So we, we got the whole thing in here, and a third of it keeps manifesting. I love it. Okay. Sorry. Oh, no. Okay. I can do it. I know I can. One, two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. I took a picture. You guys ought to show good. I was going on Facebook. No, I won't. Thank you in Jesus' name. Damn. Okay. I got that done. Okay. Now I don't have to yell. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, Shabba. The <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the only... <laughs> The, uh, the only way, what, I, what, what we talk about it at Bethel is <laughs> the only way you can drink all day <laughs> and it's drinking his presence, okay? I don't drink that wine stuff. I don't drink that alcohol stuff because I used to get hangovers real bad and I find when I drink in Holy Spirit and I drink in his presence, I get wasted and I stay that way and it keeps increasing and I share it with my friends and it gets more and then when... <laughs> When I'm under the influence of Holy Spirit, I'm willing to get up here. If I wasn't under the influence of Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be. I'd be in the back, you know? So anyways, who don't know where I was going with that. But I just, oh, I was drinking. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But, but what I'd like to do right now, just, oh, I've broke a couple of these, so I'm a little nervous. But yeah, can I get it up just a little bit? Because it'll go. You can ask my friends. We broke a few. Yeah. That's perfect. Thank you very much. But, but what I want to share right now is something really close to my heart. Whew. I'm here today as a direct result of prayers. For years, people have been praying for me. I didn't even know it. God showed me. And, and, and one of my childhood heroes is here today. And I'm very honored to have him, him and his wife in here and my cousin in here. And if uh, Uncle Ed and Aunt Mary and Robin, would you stand up, please? 
I just want to honor you guys for a second. This is my uncle, my aunt, and my cousin. And I think that's, that's a, a, another Rutherford that I don't know. Or it might not even be a Rutherford. It's far Rutherford. I know she is. Anyways, what, what? my uncle's a retired pastor here in Los Angeles. And I haven't seen him for years and years and years. But growing up, he was one of my, he was one of my, childhood heroes and for whatever reason in our family it kind of got split apart and I didn't get to see him for years and I know why today because there's just supernatural stuff happening in my family and some of it wasn't good but a lot of it was and 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 Jesus Christ went to the cross to break all that stuff off that's what I know And, and and anyways Today, I'm, it's another knock off my bucket list is I've got my aunt. I've got family here. I've got family in the church that I'm getting to share Jesus with. And that's just filling my heart up, man. That is so good. Because I'm going to share my testimony. But I just want you to know, I never dreamed I'd be a Christian. And it's like the coolest thing ever, man. So if you're on the fence, man, I hope today you fall in the kingdom side, okay? If you're wondering what's going on, I want to tell you what's going on. Jesus loves you no matter what. Jesus loves you even if you're sitting here today and you're like, I don't really know him and I'm not sure I like him. You know what? He loves you, man. He, 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 he loves you so much he died for you. You know? You know, people can come against me. People can tell me, Rick this and Rick that, you know, and I'm like, wow, really? You must not really know me because that's not how I am. Why do you perceive? Let me tell you what Jesus thinks of me. And it just trips people out. But today, I, 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 I hang around with like-minded people, so I've got a pretty smooth life. But anyways, huh. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just call on you right now, Father God. We call on you to come into this room right now. Whoa, if you would just raise, put your hands out towards me right now, I need a little help. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for, for, thank you for me. <laughs> thank you that I get to be who you created me to be today. I'm not that fake guy that I used to be for 50 years. Thank you, Lord, that I, oh, that you love me so much. You loved me right out of the hell I was in. Thank you, Lord. So, thank you. Amen. In Jesus' name. We, we close that legally. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we can laugh, okay? Please laugh. Because if I'm not laughing, you're, you're, your laughter's hitting me. You know? <laughs> yeah, there we go. And if, <laughs> if you have to fake laugh, at Bethel, we do it this way. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. You do that three times, and I guarantee you'll laugh. I do that to the kids in the hitting rooms all the time because they come in Saturday mornings and they're, they're, they're five years old and their mom woke them up and they're in there at eight o'clock in the morning. They're like this. And I go, okay, guys, stand up. Let's do it. And they're like, okay. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. And they do it like four times. And all of a sudden they're like, they look at their friend like, ah, ho, ho, ho. He, he, he. And the joy comes. When the joy comes and they start opening up, they start realizing what's going on. The presence of God drops, and they're four years old, and they start prophesying. Come on. Come on, Jesus. So, whew, what, what? so let, let's, let's get to a really cool testimony, because Pastor Jesse asked me to share some testimonies, and I, there's one I really love, and it's mine. <laughs> and it's pretty amazing. You know, in 2009, 
Whew. I'd only been to church a couple times, and it was usually because there was a girl in high school I was dating, and she went to church, and I wanted to figure her out, so I'd go to church with her, and then I'd leave her alone. Anyways, uh, in 2009, I had a stage four esophageal cancer. I had two tumors in the bottom of my throat, my esophagus. I'd lost over 100 pounds. I was really, really sick. It took them like four months at the VA hospital to find out about it. When they finally found it, they told me, you can go online. And, and I don't really, the doc, my oncologist told me, I really uh, think you ought to look it up and, and read about uh, esophageal cancer. And that was like the most mean, worst thing they could ever do. My wife looked it up first and she goes, don't you dare read it, Rick. And she can't say that to me because she went to bed and I went right on the computer and looked it up. Scared me to death. From that moment, I was scared. From that very moment, I was scared. I was diagnosed February 14th, or excuse me, February 13th, 2009. Okay? So I go home scared. I'm dying. I know I'm dying. The mortality rate's like 94%. So I know my chances are pretty much toast. (laughs) And... My oncologist was trying to figure out how to treat me because I was so thin. I was everything, every time I would eat, my wife, who's five foot tall, would have to heimlich me because I would choke. It was starting, it would cause, anyways, I, and so it was a hard time eating. Anyways, God knew this. God knew what was going on. It, he didn't do it. I want to be very specific with that. God's not going to give you cancer to teach you something. But what God's going to do is he's going to use a mess to create a message. Okay, that's what my God does. That's what our God does, okay? And he knew, he knows me. He knows me better than I know me. He knows if he presents himself to me and there's no doubt about it, I'm in. Okay, that's just the way I'm made. Okay, so anyways, February 13th, diagnosed stage four esophageal cancer. The same week I'm diagnosed, the only Christian I was in contact with was my oldest son. And we didn't talk very much. Okay, because he wanted to tell me about Jesus. And I'm like, dude, I had this like Oprah Winfrey God. Everybody's going to heaven if you're a good person. There's, there's many ways to heaven, you know what I mean? And nothing against Oprah Winfrey. God bless her. God loves her. And I think she's pretty amazing. But that God thing that she represents, it's just not true. Okay, and we need to say it. We don't just go, oh, Oprah Winfrey, you're just such a cutie. No, we need to say it. That's not the truth because the world needs to hear the truth. The world needs to hear the truth. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through our son. That's through God's son. His son is the only way. It's through him that we get to see him. Okay, so, so, so anyways, my son, who, who's a Christian in Virginia in the Navy, Ooh, and he, he became a Christian. He, he was kind of a lukewarm Christian. Let me back. Yeah, he was a, he, he, he was, uh, he was a fellowship of Christian athletes. He was a football player and stuff like that. So he did that. And he had his foot in the water a little bit, you know, in and out. But he went to Virginia in the military. And uh, his friend of his that was a Christian said, let's go down to Tallahassee to this thing called the call. It's, I don't know if you heard of Lou Engle. Can everybody say Lou Engle? God bless Lou Engle. He's doing the call in Florida. My son goes, there's 3,000 people in this stadium. Lou Engle goes on stage, calls my son out of the crowd, onto the stage, 
puts his hand on my son's head, starts making declarations over my son. Oh, you guys are there. I see you, okay? And, and then what happened, and you guys are over there too. I see you too. You guys are all amazing. Well, what happened was my son went down under the presence, woke up, totally changed, on fire for the Lord, was told that he could pray for people and things would happen. So he calls me crying. He says, Dad, there's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. And, and I don't want to go to heaven and you not be there. And I'm like, son, look, let me tell you the truth. And he's going, no, Dad, it's not true. And we couldn't talk. Anyways, huh, we'll, that, we'll go back. These rabbit trails just happen with me. I don't know why, but they just do. And, and, and we'll go back to the main route. And anyway, so uh, February 13th, I'm diagnosed. That same week, my son calls me. And I'm like, well, it's my son. And he goes, hey, Dad, check it out. God told me I'm discharging out of the Navy. And God told me to come to Redding, California. And I, okay, I was born and raised in Fresno. I've lived in Fresno my whole life. The beautiful little metropolitan. <laughs> I loved it there. All my friends were there. All my parents, my mom's there. My brother's there. My sister's gone. Anyways, whew. so I'm in Fresno. He's in Virginia. He says, God told me I'm supposed to move to Redding. And go to this supernatural school of ministry. I'm like, the, what, 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 what? The only supernatural I knew was like David Blaine, you know, uh, Chris Angel. I didn't know supernatural. I didn't know the, the good side of the supernatural. And I'm like, my son, you're a Christian. You're going to go to a supernatural school of ministry. What does that mean? And he goes, no, dad. We walk in power. We walk in love. And we walk in honor. I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty good. Well, son, <laughs> He goes, and dad, I'm going to only be five hours away. So you'll be, he had two little boys. His wife had had two little boys. And so I could see my grandsons. I, he was like, he's like, dad, we're moving to Reading. And it's only five hours away. You can see my kids. You can see your grandsons. And I'm like, son, you better hurry because I've got stage four cancer and, I, and, and I'm dying. And he goes, hallelujah. <laughs> you Christians, man. Because every, I didn't know any Christians, okay? Every person I knew was a non-believer. And every person that was in my life that I told I had cancer to, you know what they told me? I'll pray for you, bro. And, and the one guy that I know that's a Christian, I told him I was sick. He's like, you got cancer, dad? Hallelujah. I'm like, what are you saying? So what are these Christians teaching you? He goes, no, dad, meet me at that church. God's telling me right now that he's going to heal you. And I'm like, son, I don't believe that. Why do I got to drive five hours to Reading? Doesn't God live in Fresno? <laughs> Can't you do Well, maybe not. <laughs> You're thinking, yeah. But, hey, you know, he does. No, he does. And he loves Fresno. And he's making declarations over Fresno. And he's changing Fresno in Jesus' name. Because we don't curse Fresno. We love Fresno. We can bring the glory right out of that town. And we're praying for it to happen. And it will. Because you know what? Our prayers matter. Anyway, so huh, I'm telling my son, no, no, no. I don't want to go to Reading. And he's like, I can't drive for five hours. I'm really sick. And he goes, Dad, you really need to go. And I said, no, I'm not. So anyways, we got off the phone. We uh, argued. And I got off the phone. And I was telling my wife what was happening. And, and she says, hey, hey, why don't we go to... She was a non-believer too. Why don't we just go to Reading so you can see your grandsons before you die. I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. Man, that's my wife. You know, she's not here today, but she's like so sweet. I was like, you're so smart. Yeah, we're going to, she goes, I'll drive. Perfect. So we made the, <clears throat> sorry, we made the trek. And just so you know, I'm not really jumping around and stuff, but when this happens, that's Holy Spirit on me, okay? I go to Montana and preach and it's like minus 21, <laughs> 
and I'm blowing sweat off me. It's just the craziest thing. My shirts get wet. My hats get sweaty. But you know what? I asked God about that, and he goes, that's revival. So I'm good with it. If I give you a hug and you get a little wet, if you're sick, you might get healed in Jesus' name. Okay? So, because it's happened. I got testimonies about that happening, and they're true. Any testimony as radical as I'm going to tell you today is true. It's documented. We've got documented at my house. Bethel Church knows. Anything I'm telling you is not exaggerated because when I got into the Christian walk at Bethel Church, they told me never exaggerate it, never water it down. You tell it like it happened, and God will honor that. And, and they told me that about my own testimony. So, man, when I, it sounded good. Anyways, so anyways, my son... <laughs> He says, Dad, and so I call him back. I said, I'll meet you. When are you going to be there? I'll meet you. So I met my son at Bethel Church March 14th of 2009, almost one month, a little over a month. We meet in the parking lot. My son never seen me so skinny. The first thing he did was he put his hand on my throat and he started praying because my son's pretty thin, but I was thinner than him. And he's looking at me, man, Dad, I didn't realize you were that sick. Anyways, he's praying for me. I'm holding my grandsons and he goes, Dad, go in the church. It's a Saturday morning. I'm like, what? <laughs> Son, I don't go in the church. Just pray for me out here. He goes, now, Dad, please go in there. And I didn't want to argue, so I said, okay. So we go walking in, and he's jumping up and down, and he's telling me, man, Dad, they're going to lay hands on you, and they're going to pray for you, and you're going to get healed. I know. God's telling me. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're walking in the door, and then my mind starts thinking. I'm like, man, if a Christian like all you lays hands on a guy like me, they're going to probably see Satan and then they're going to kick my son and his family out of the church that drove all the way from Virginia to go there. So I'm thinking, man, I got to protect my son. So on my prayer request, I put, don't touch me. <laughs> don't lay no hands on me. You can pray, but don't touch me. And, and anyways, so I turn my paper in. I go sit in the thing called the encounter room. I'm sitting in there. And man, I could feel something. I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. My wife's looking at me. What is this? I'm like, She's got a cute story about it, but... Anyways, I'm like, I don't know what it is, babe. And I'm watching people just, just love on people. You could really tell who the prayer people were and who the sick people were. We really stood out. And the, the people at Bethel, there's Jordan's here. He was there back at that time. I think you were there about that time. And these guys are young and all of them, they got these rosy cheeks and they're happy and, and they're talking to each other. They're saying stuff like, man, you're so amazing. And you hear that a lot, right? But the person that's that got the amazing, that received the amazing from the friend, they would look at him and go, yeah, you know what? I am pretty amazing. And I was like, whoa, who says that? If somebody back then would tell me I was amazing, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, thank you, but you don't really know me. You know, if you knew me, you'd know I'm not amazing. But these guys weren't like that. And I'm just like, wow, look at these Christians. So I'm sitting there, and I see people come, and people take people away, and all of a sudden this little blonde-haired boy walks in, <laughs> And he says, is Rick Larson here? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I got a kid. Is, is, is the pastor on lunch? You know, are the adults gone? My luck, I got a kid. Dang, I got stage four cancer. You know, he's probably really powerful with arthritis and maybe a hangnail, but I got cancer. I've seen Benny Hinn on TV. That's who I'm hoping to find. But I got this little blonde-haired kid, and he's going, come on. And I'm like, dang. And my son's like, hallelujah, Dad. And I'm like, whatever. He's like, no, Dad, go. 
I'm like, okay. So I'm walking in the hallway with this little boy and he's like that tall. And he's, he's got, he's, come on, Rick. And I'm like, okay. And I'm walking with him and, and he stops and he looks at my paper and he turns around and he goes, you know, Rick, do you think God will heal you? I looked at him and I said, no, not at all. I'm not even here for that. I'm just here to make my son happy. No pressure, kid. Pray for me quick so I can go have breakfast. And he looked at me on the, he looked at me and he's like, oh no, Rick, I have enough faith for both of us. Come on. <laughs> and, and what I believe right there is I believe that was the deposit of the mustard seed. Okay. And, and, and I'm looking at this little kid and I'm like, dude, how old are you? He goes, I'm 11. I go, what's your name? He goes, my name's Isaiah. I go, that's a good name. I go, okay, come on. So I follow that little boy in and, 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 and he goes to these adults and he hands them, I doesn't even look at my paper again. He just hands them the paper and he turns around and looks at me and he's like, and he just takes his hand and he puts it on my chest. I don't remember him praying or anything. He just put his hand on my chest and when he put his hand on my chest, I fell like a tree. I was standing up, I went, bam, straight over, bam. They didn't catch me. There was no catchers. The carpet's about that thick. My wife watches it happen. It's like, oh my God, he's going to crack his head. But Holy Spirit honors us. You know what I mean? He protects us. I hit it and didn't even get hurt. Anyways, I was on the floor. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Can I get a thank you, Jesus, right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I was on the floor. <laughs> And it seemed like two minutes, but my wife had to sit there while I laid on the floor for 45 minutes. I was encountering Jesus. I had a face-to-face, -face, tangible encounter with Jesus. And, and people would tell me before, how can you see Jesus, the glow on him and everything? I don't know about all that, but I know what I know. And no one can take what I know. No one, you can say that I'm crazy. You can say that I'm insane. You can say that never happened. And I'll just look at you and say, you know what? God bless you. Let me put my hand on your chest and see what happens. That's what I know. So, so anyways, I'm laying on the floor. <laughs> Jesus came to my face, face to face. He looked at me and he had these beautiful eyes. I'll never forget. These eyes were beautiful. What I saw was there was a, a, a ring of fire around these. I want to say blue, but it wasn't, it wasn't blue. But it was like blue. But it was this ring of fire on these eyes, and he's looking at me, and he goes, I'm healing you because I love you. And, 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 and from sitting before the Lord himself, I couldn't lie. All I could say is, but I don't love you, Jesus. And he said, it doesn't matter. It's about my love for you. And at that instant, I woke up. And when I woke up, that little boy is rubbing my chest, and, and the fear was gone. I did, I'm laying on the floor. They had my head on a pillow. That, you know, I had a pillow under me. And I'm thinking, that little guy knocked me over right on a pillow. That's pretty cool because I only thought I was down for two minutes. I was there for 45. They put a pillow under me. They put a shawl over the top of me. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. My wife's over there going, Psh. I'm looking, oh, man, we got to get out. Anyways, <laughs> my chest from my rib cage to the top of my head was on fire for two weeks. Okay, the story goes, the story's out there that I was instantly healed. That's not true. That's not true. 
I went back and I had still had two tumors to my esophagus. Okay, but I went back that week <laughs> and one had shrunk. I, it's been nine years, eight years now, so I don't remember the exact, if I told you exact, it wouldn't be telling the truth, so I got to keep it real. I don't remember the size, but one shrunk and one disappeared. And my tumor count, praise God, can we get a praise God? Woohoo! Bam! All you guys over there, just feel God over there right now in Jesus' name. Touch those children. And it's really crazy because usually, usually when, I, when I'm with my kids, I'm down here. So it's really cool to be in front of a bunch of adults, this many, because it's usually this many. We have 87 children in the healing rooms. 87 children. From four years old to 15. And I got a two years old that we're trying to talk the parents into letting her do it. Because she's already, she climbed up me in my arms and she prayed for this woman that couldn't get breakthrough. And this woman got completely healed from a two-year-old just going, putting her hand on her going, Bam. <laughs> the woman goes, whoa, I don't have any pain. Praise Jesus. And I, and I didn't realize, but that little girl's mom and dad weren't part of the church. They, their mom and dad were receiving prayer. And she was just standing there and got loose from mom and started climbing my leg. And I figured she was one of ours somewhere. So I, she's looking at me and I just picked her up and said, God told me to pick her up and use her. So I picked her up and had her put her hand and say, bam, she did. The, kid, the lady got healed. The parents were like, we didn't even know she could pray. <laughs> she didn't pray. God says in his word, only use words if you have to. When the power shows up, the people, it's undeniable. When the power of God shows up, <laughs> you don't have to say nothing. We were, we were in Hollywood Boulevard two nights ago because that's another bucket list thing. I want to pray for the lost on Hollywood Boulevard on Friday night and Thursday night, and we went out there, and they were there. I'm, I'm from Fresno and Randy, man. I've never been on Hollywood Boulevard. It's on. I was like, woohoo, what are we going to do? <laughs> We're girded up, right, guys? Okay, let's go. And we went, and we just started loving on people. It was amazing. There's these women making hot dogs out there, <laughs> and one's got a, a cast and a boot on. Well, you don't have to ask her if she needs prayer, right? <laughs> All you got to do is say, hi, can I get a hot dog? And uh, what's going on with your foot? And through an interpreter, she said, I broke my foot and it really hurts. And her friend said that she had just fallen down and was thinking about going home because she was in so much pain. So my friend says, well, can I pray for you? And she goes, sure. So he prays. All of a sudden, no English. He's praying in English because we don't know Spanish. Anyways, all of a sudden, she's just, you don't even have to ask when they do this. Whoo, Jesus, Jesus. She's got a boot on her foot and she starts moving her foot around. She's like, whoa. And, and her two friends that were interpreting, they're like, oh, they got it. Oh, what was that? And she's like, yeah, praise Jesus. Yes. Who are you guys? Who are you guys? Where do you come from? We want to go to your church. I go, well, it's nine hours north. It's a great place to go. But, but it's, a, it's a trip. Anyways, we got to talk to them and, and, and we loved on them. We didn't tell them, we didn't ask them if they believed in the Lord. But I'll tell you what, after we left, I guarantee you, she believed in the Lord. Okay? And we did explain to her what happened through an interpreter, and it was through God's love. It has nothing to do with me other than I'm just a radical lover of Jesus that likes to share his love with people. And when his presence shows up, I don't know what to do. I just let him do it. You know, I've served in the healing room for six, for six years, like, like my mentor says, Joaquin Evans says all the time, huh, everything that I do has healing behind it. And I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But I hang out with the one that does. You know? So anyways, 
I got cancer still. It's one, one dissolved, one shrunk. My tumor count, when I went to Reading, a normal, healthy, and that's what my doctor called it, was a tumor count. Between 5 and 15 is a normal tumor, dormant tumors, in, or dormant cancer in your blood. Everybody's got dormant cells. So when I went to Reading, mine was 297. <laughs> the first week I went to my oncologist, it had dropped to 72. And she's like, I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> I said, well, can I tell you a story? And she goes, I don't have time. I said, okay. So I went back the next week to do it again. Because <laughs> I'm at the VA hospital in Fresno, and there you're not even supposed to say God. <laughs> if you say God, you got to say G period, O period, D period. I'm like, what? Because it's a government building, and you can't, you can't be religion. You know, They can't mix the government and religion. Well, the only way we're going to get out of the mess we're in is if we mix government and religion, man. We're the hope of the world. We're the only hope. This world needs us shining. It needs us lit. It needs us going out, just not, not even sharing the gospel, sharing the power. The gospel's important. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear that wrong. His word is important. His word is valuable. His word will be here long after everything else is gone. Okay? It's truth. But when you show his power and you show his love to people and you give somebody a prophetic word from the time they were eight years old to, to yesterday and you've never seen him in their life, you got somebody that wants to know what's going on. And are you, are you psychic? <laughs> I said, not at all, man. Trust me. Jesus knows you and he loves you. How'd you know that? And then you'll give him another secret that only him and God knows. And he, you, you got him. You got him. It's like just reeling them in now. And, and Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> was like fishing in a barrel. Yeah, shooting fish in a barrel. Once they saw that happen, everybody, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Would you pray for me? There's a security guard watching us. He's like, what are you guys doing? We're just loving on people. We've never seen nothing like this down on Hollywood Boulevard. It's usually uh, Scientology and New Age people come there and, and condemning people. And you're just walking around loving on people. And that's what it's all about, you know? So, so I go to my oncologist the second week. The second tumor is completely gone. And my blood count, my tumor count in my blood, has been this way ever since. To this day, don't even, the VA doesn't even want to see me anymore because I just keep talking about Jesus. <laughs> Reading won't even let me in their VA. <laughs> Craziest thing in the world. But because I don't have to go anymore either, you know what I mean? When I get sick, I go to the healing rooms. And, and, and if I can find a kid, I'll grab a kid. You know, put your hand on my chest and just say, Jesus, please. And they do. And I've had back, I've been healed of back pain. I was going to have to have an epidemic. Anyways, anyways, uh, I get stuck. God is just good. Can we get God is good? Can I hear that? God is good. God is good. And, and please, I want you to know, this is not about me. I play a little part. I play a little part. I do what God asked me to do. I've built a relationship with, with Father God, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. I know him intimately. I've, I've, I've sacrificed my time. I give God five hours a day because he, I'm allowed to. I know a lot of people work and don't have that chance to do that kind of stuff. But God says, no, son. Here, go live in this $400,000 home free and just pray for missionaries while you live there. And you're doing my work. So it's just amazing. I get, I get to just... And what, what happens is, you know what? The more, the more you start trusting in the Lord the more he starts trusting in you, you know? It's amazing what we get to see today. It's amazing. I, I would have done this 
50 years ago, man, if I knew this was like this. It's amazing. Like, like John Wimber said, has anybody heard of John Wimber? John Wimber said, when he became a Christian, what he say? He says, man, he went to a pastor and said, well, after church, he's like, wait a minute. Aren't we going to pray for people? And like, well, for what? Well, we pray for people. Yeah, no, we want to see healing, don't we? No, we really don't do that. And he was like, you really don't do it? No, we really don't do it. And then what, so what did he, he tell him? Wait a minute. When I was on the other side with Satan, Satan let me do all the stuff. Now I'm a Christian. I want to do all the stuff. And the stuff is in the word. It says we will heal the sick, not pray for the sick, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards. Anyways, we we get to do the stuff. And that's, I want to do the stuff. I don't want to be bored. And being a Christian is like, okay, I'll say I'm kind of dated, but being a Christian is out of sight, man. It's amazing. I, I, okay, got some good laughs. But you know what? I make a difference when I go to the store. I make a difference when I go to the, to the mall. I make a difference when I go get my tires done. I listen to the Lord, and I'll pray for people. I'll tell people straight up, you know, check it out, man. Uh, what's going on with your back? How'd you know? God just told me. Why would he tell you about me? Because he loves you? Really? What's he saying right now? And this is the key. If you want to break through and not have to worry about people saying no... Go, God thinks you're amazing. I've never had one person when I walk up to a complete stranger, you know what, check it out, man. A guy was just telling me over there that he thinks you're amazing. And the person goes, why would God think I'm amazing? Because he loves you. Well, why would he say that about me? And then all of a sudden, you've got the door open. Now, all of a sudden, he'll give you a secret. And you share the secret with him. You know, and next thing you know, that person's like, yeah, pray for my back. And boom, their back's healing. Where do you go to church, Bethel? Oh, I've heard about you guys. Even in Reading, you know, I've heard about you guys. What it is, is is if you're making a difference for good, you really start getting slammed. If if, if you're doing bad stuff, you get slammed, but not as bad. It's weird. It's a weird situation. Anyways, anyways, I get a rabbit trail. I hear you. I'm sorry. I don't know how long I got, but it's probably over. But anyways, I'm just going to, I got to finish this story. Anyway, my testimony, thank God. Whew. So, so I go back. My blood count when I went back the second time. I had no more tumors, and my blood count is 0.0038. I, have, I don't have any. I've got pure blood. It's the most amazing thing. Praise God. Praise God. And then God tells me, okay, I've got a needle phobia. I hate needles. God says, start giving blood every eight weeks. I'm like, what, Lord? Give blood every eight weeks. Not only when you give that pint of blood, whoever gets it not only gets healed, but they also get saved. They're going to meet Jesus. I was like, wow. So, so the blood bank, they love, they just think me and my wife are just the most amazing people because we come every eight weeks, whether they're advertising or not. Here, take a pint. And in the beginning, I'd be like, man, make sure that gets to the sickest person. And they're looking at me like, what? Yeah, that's got to get to the sickest, you know, and a non-believer. Maybe a homeless person. Give it to them. And they look at me like, what is wrong with you? I go, I don't know. I've never given blood before. But could you, do, could you specifically send that to somebody with like cancer or somebody that's really going? And they're looking at me like, oh, are you on drugs? <laughs> no, but I'm on Jesus. And I love him. And he's the only reason I'm here giving blood. Anyways, mm. so when, my, when everything went back to completely normal, <laughs> Well, better than normal. My oncologist is looking at me again. She goes, I don't understand what happened. And I looked at her and I says, ah, can I tell you a story? 
She goes, sure. So I said, well, you know, you diagnosed me. I ended up going to this crazy church in Redding, California. Little kid put his hand on my chest. Next thing, I bam, I fell down. And they told me I was going to be healed, and it's happening. And she goes, well, I'm of Muslim faith. And she's thinking I'm a Christian, right? At that, I wasn't. Nobody saved me. Nobody gave me a Bible. They just said, give us a medical report when, you get, when it gets better. And, and next thing, so she's looking at me. I'm, I'm of Muslim faith. I'm like, right on. At least you believe in something, you know? And, and she goes, but I want to know this Jesus. I'm like, really? Well, I had seen up there a couple of times. I'd seen where, where, where people would stand, put their hands out in front of them. And Joaquin would do this a lot, and I would just get blown. He did it to me, and I was like, whoa, you can do that. He goes, yeah, you put your hands, have people put their hands out in front of them, and just put your hands over the top of them, and just start calling on Holy Spirit, and you will feel a tangible presence, because you know what? God is faithful. And if you'll take the risk, he'll meet it. He'll meet it every time. So I told her, put your hands out in front of you. So she did, and I put my hands over, and it was like the first time I ever tried it. But I believed Joaquin, so I was like, Holy Spirit, come, come, come. And I'm like, do you feel anything? And she's like, actually, my hands are getting warm. I go, praise God. She goes, okay, praise Allah. And I'm like, well, okay, no, 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 no. So anyways, <laughs> I just said, more, Lord, more. And all of a sudden, she's like, no, my hands are on fire. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? Because I've never prayed before other than, other than, you know, please don't let me get a speeding ticket when the cop pulls you over. You know, <laughs> Please don't let my mom find out I did this. You know, those were my prayers. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, well put your hands on your heart. And she did. And all of a sudden, out of my mouth, I led her through the sinner's prayer, and she gave her life to Jesus right there. And I'm looking at her. All of a sudden, the presence of God hits her, and she falls on the floor crying. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, well, it's time for me to go, so I leave. I don't know what to do. I'm not even sure it's legal. You know what I mean? So I get out of the hospital, and I call my son. And he answers the phone, and I'm like, son, check this out. I got a question for you. He goes, what? I go, man, something just really radically happened. He goes, dad, I'm in a men's group right now. Oh, radical happened? Hold on a second. Let me put you on speakerphone. I'm like, no, 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 no. He goes, that's my dad. Remember he was healed? He's on the phone. He's got a question. And they're like, oh, right on. So I'm like, no, son, son, I led my Muslim oncologist to Jesus and I'm not sure it's legal. (laughs) <laughs> do I need to find, do I need to take her down to the chapel? Maybe have her find a pastor? And he's going, no, dad, it's completely legal. That's right. My dad put a Muslim into Jesus. That was my first prayer. That was my first <laughs> salvation was a Muslim. I'm like, whoa, thank you, Jesus. And, and next thing I know, Joaquin Evans was my mentor at the time. So my son called Joaquin to tell him the story. Joaquin tells Pastor Bill, I'm living in Fresno streaming Bethel TV on Sunday morning. And Pastor Bill goes, well, you know, he's right there. And I had never met him. I didn't even know he knew me. He's like, well, you know, we got that ever, never-ending story of the guy from Fresno that was healed of cancer. He keeps growing. He, uh, his son told Joaquin that he prayed for a Muslim doctor, and she received Jesus. And, and I want, he asked if it was legal. And he looks in the camera, and he goes, I just want everybody to know, you can do this at home. It's perfectly legal. I was like, woohoo, you know, and then it was on, it was on. I couldn't stop praying for people. It was the most radical thing. We'd go to dinner and I'd always see somebody with carpal tunnel, the waitress or something would have a carpal tunnel thing on and I'm like, huh, that's too obvious. Hey, excuse me, ma'am, can I pray for that wrist? Why? And then God showed me, just tell him it's ugly. You tell a woman she's wearing something ugly, she'll let you pray. I go, that ugly thing on your wrist, it needs to go. 
She goes, well, I can't take it off because it's in a lot of pain. I, and I'm going to have an operation. I said, well, can I just pray real quick for it? You don't, I won't, it, doesn't even, it won't even be loud. They're like, okay. So I pray. And also she's like, well, I'll never forget the first one. She's at our table. The pain leaves her wrist. And she's still got the brace on. But she goes, she's at our table. And she's going, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, don't hit it that hard, man. It's him. She goes, no, it doesn't hurt. She goes back and the, I see the cook look out the window. And he's like, oh, that's all oh, that. Yeah, do you have any pain? Yes, in my back. Come here. My wife's going, can we just eat? Why do you always have to make, bring attention to us? We're just here to eat. The Olive Garden doesn't want you doing revival in here. I go, yes, they do. That woman's grateful that I did it. And the cook comes out, bad back, put my hand on his back, and he just walked away. I didn't even get to say anything because I put my hand on his back, and he didn't speak very much English. And he just walked away, and as he got to the door to go back in the kitchen, all of a sudden he's like this. Oh! Gracias, gracias. I'm like, hey, thank you, Jesus. And it just kept going. It was just the most radical stuff. But what happened in Fresno, I lost my job because... God knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't go if I had my job. 12 years, same company, did really good work, property management and stuff. And uh, lost all my friends because they call me a Jesus freak because all I want to talk about was Jesus. But man, I had cancer and I was dying and now I'm healed. What else are you going to talk about? I don't want to talk about the NFL. I want to talk about Jesus, man. And, and okay, now I'm in Los Angeles, so I'm going to ask for some grace right now. Okay, because you people are really loving, and I can feel it. So my whole life, I've been a Giant fan, okay, my whole life. And, and my mom is a Dodger fan. And my whole life, the Giants have been lousy, but they had Willie Mays when I was a kid, and I had to root for him. And my mom would make fun of me, and you're never going to win nothing. In 2009, the devil wanted me dead. In 2010... The Giants won their first World Series. The devil didn't want me to be able to enjoy it. I was like, well, I, I'm watching them win the first World Series. I called my son. Thank you, son. Because I had a vision of my two sons sitting together, because they're both Giant fans, sitting together going, oh, boy, Dad sure would have loved to see this. You know, man, too bad he passed away just before it happened. I'm like, hallelujah, I get to see it. And then God says, I'm a God of more. I'll give you a couple more just because I love you. <laughs> and he says another one's coming. I just don't know when. Okay? So, so huh, instead of seeing one, I got to see three. That's kind of God thing, isn't it? He kind of works in threes a lot. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know? <laughs> and anyway, so. <laughs> so in 2010, we moved to Reading. Because <laughs> that was the only people that liked me. My... My poor mother didn't talk to me for two years. I would go to her house, and me and my wife, we would knock on the door, and I could hear the television in there, but she wouldn't answer the, the door. And I'm like, man, my friends wouldn't talk to me. My boss fired me. I was like, what? He fired me, and he was the only one that told me he was going to pray for me, but my, because he was the only, I thought it was a Christian. But when I come back and I said, you're the one that wants to hear my testimony, right? He goes, what do you mean? I go, I'm healed. He goes, I don't think so. I go, I'm serious. I went there, and my doctor says I'm getting better. I go, what do you mean you don't think so? You're the only person that really said you had prayed for me. I know you go to church. He goes, well, I'm, I'm a Mormon. We don't believe in healings like that. I said, well, you got to do something because I'm still here. 
You want to see my medical records? I'll show you. I had cancer. I don't have cancer. I've never had radiation. I've never had chemo. I just had Holy Spirit on the floor. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So it ended up, man, I lost all my friends. I lost my family. The only person sticking with me is my wife, praise God, and my son up there. He's like, Dad, you're radical. You're so radical. I think I haven't called Uncle Ed. And I said, hey, Uncle Ed, check this out. I'm a Christian. He's like, hallelujah, you're the answer to prayers. My prayers have been answered. I'm like, wow, that's cool. But then all of a sudden I was really like, man, if I'm a Christian, I got to start doing stuff different. You know, I, I can't cuss no more. You know, I got to walk an honest walk of life. I got to represent God. Wow. And then God showed me. <laughs> My first 50 years on this planet, I messed them up, man. I, I, I could go into huge, long stories about who I was, but that's all. When I got baptized in water, that was all left in the pond. You know what I mean? And when I got out of it, trust me, it was a pond. And Jesus says, no, you're redeemed. You're saved. The old man is dead. The new man's alive. You are, you are Christ-like. I live inside of you. Stop watching pornography. Stop watching scary movies. Do you know, get, get a life. Because I didn't believe it at first. And, and we would watch scary movies, and I'd be like, ah, oh, that's just creeping. It, it was really weird, and, and, but I had to adjust my life, you know, to this walk. And then, then I met Joaquin Evans. It was crazy because I'm, I'm, so people would see me in my office, and they're like, wow, you look so good. What's going on? I said, man, Jesus Christ healed me. They're like, you've never talked about God before. I said, I know. I didn't have no reason to. didn't believe in him, but I do now. And they're like, wow, my mother's sick or my aunt's sick. My wife's sick. My husband's sick. I said, you know what? They can go there. Well, do they pray for, you know, tuberculosis? Yeah. Do they pray for this? Yeah. They pray for anything, not just cancer. And they see all kinds of things happen. So they're like, wow, I'd like my mother to go, but it's a long ways. I said, you know what? Give me an opportunity. You pay for half the gas and I'll drive you. So I told enough people that pretty soon I rented a van and I took a group of people up there. I started doing that for four months. <laughs> Pastor Bill nicknamed me the Bethel tour guy because I'd bring a van load every two weeks up, eight, nine people, and every person would get healed. And everybody's like, man, Rick, you got such a love for people. It's so awesome. And I had to be honest. Dang, honesty is really rough for a guy that hasn't been honest most of his life. And I tell him, no, it's really not that I just love people. I just don't want to be the only person in Fresno healed. There's nobody, no church in Fresno praying and seeing healings. So we're taking people. They're getting healed and coming back. And anyways, I was taking a group up one time, and my son calls me, and he goes, Dad, are you coming up? I says, yeah. He goes, good, because God told me that you're supposed to ask, you're supposed to write down on a prayer request that you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Has anybody been baptized in the Holy Spirit? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Then you know you're a Christian. There ain't no asking. The, 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 the trees are brighter. The, the, the flowers are prettier. People look more handsome. And I even started looking better. I was like, praise God. You know? And, and, and so anyways, I was like, really, son? I'm supposed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? He goes, yeah. I go, well, son, what does that mean? He goes, well, dad, it's different for everybody, but call me when you're done. I said, okay, but I'm thinking, well, that's a healing rooms, and I'm asking to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if that's legal. So anyways, I said, but I trust my son. So I wrote on there, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I turned it in. And then at, at that time, Joaquin Evans was in charge of the healing rooms. 
He wasn't my mentor yet. He was in charge of the healing rooms, and he saw me, and he had a paper in his hand. He goes, aren't you the guy from Fresno? I go, yes. He goes, I got this paper. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm in trouble. So I said, look, my son told me to do it. Don't know what it's about. He goes, no, calm down. But what does this mean? Do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, I ain't got a clue. My son said God told him to tell me to do it, and it was important. So Joaquin says, come on. We go upstairs into the children's ministry. It's just been children. We go up in the children's ministry. There's nobody up there. He just says, are you ready? And I said, well, what what are we going to do? And he goes, well, he's kind of walking around looking at me, and he's like kind of speaking in tongues. I didn't know what it was, but I just thought he was, you know, Greek or something. Getting, you know, maybe, maybe Catholic, a little bit going on. You know, he's doing this and that. And next thing you know, he puts his hand on my head, and boom, I went down. And, but I didn't. It wasn't like the first time. I'm, I'm down, but I just can't move. I'm down, and I'm laughing. And he, all of a sudden, he just rolls down next to me, and we're sitting there together. He puts his hand on my head, and he goes, I want to give your holy language. I said, what is that? Holy language? He goes, it's your prayer language. The enemy doesn't understand it. When you really need, the, the, when you really need to beat the enemy with something, you'll be able to use it. The enemy doesn't know what you're praying for, and bam, it breaks off. Wow, that sounds like Batman and Robin type stuff, you know? So all of a sudden, I'm like a, a, a holy prayer language. He goes, yeah, and he put his hand on my head. We're laying, I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and all of a sudden, this stuff just starts coming out of my mouth. I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We laid there for an hour and a half together. I've never laid on the floor with a man for an hour and a half in my life. <laughs> Craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but it was the most beautiful moment of my life. And I knew I was a Christian. And I knew I was going home to Fresno. And I knew I didn't know how to be a Christian. Okay? And, and at that time, let me back a little bit. I had 12 years. At that time, I had 12 years clean and sober. I was in a 12-step program. I didn't know about Jesus' one-step program. So I had to go through that 12-step, all 12 steps, instead of just letting Jesus do the one step. Anyways, I, I was a part of that group. And uh, so I knew I didn't know how to be a Christian, just like I didn't know how to be clean and sober. So to stay clean and sober, I had to find a sponsor. So that's the only way it works. So with, I had to find some, and I knew they didn't, wouldn't understand sponsor things. So I'm like, man, I don't know. Joaquin's about my son's age, and I look at him, and I find him, and I go, hey, dude, I could run up to him after we got done. I says, hey, dude, I don't know how to be a Christian. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, dude, I feel like I'm a Christian. He's like, yeah. I said, I don't know how to do it. I go, would you mentor me? And I'll never forget. He looks at me, and he's like, well, I got to pray on it. I thought, oh, man, that's the Christian brush off. You know, I'll never see him again. I got to pray on it. Talk to you later. And, and I was like, man, that felt bad. So I walked away, and I was like, man, I sure hope he prays on it. And I got my group together. We get in the van, and he comes running out with two business cards, and he goes, here, man, here's all my information. God said yeah, to give you everything. You have all access to me. And I don't really know who he is. And, and, and I dare you to call me. Well, that was God, because I would have put that in my back pocket and never called him. But if somebody says, I dare you to call me, well, I'm going to call you at least once. You ain't going to get away with that. So anyways, I called him, and he whacked me. I'm on the phone with him in Fresno, and he starts praying for me. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting on my bed. Next thing you know, I'm out, of my, and I'm breaking out in holy laughter. My wife comes running in because she's not even a believer yet. She's just kind of going along with the thing. She's looking at me. What are you doing? Why are you laughing? I said, I got Joaquin on the phone, and he's praying for me. She goes, well, I want him to pray for me. I said, well, hold the phone. 
All of a sudden, whoop, she falls on the bed, and we both break out in holy laughter. We, we laid on that bed laughing for two hours, not saying anything. That has to be God. I've never laughed for two hours unless I got like Milton Berle or something. Am I done? We, 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 <laughs> you got a loop? Oh, okay, kid, kid. Okay. Any, if you've got... <laughs> this happens every time. They used to tell me you got five minutes. <laughs> no, don't, don't go anywhere. So we're going to release the parents in just a minute, but he actually really wants to do something with the parents before he releases you guys. So, um, yeah, go for it. Okay. I'll do the... And, and if, you, if you finish before he finishes, it's like, we, just, we bless you to go. I know it's been a long time. I, I get that. But you guys are freaking champions for hanging out. Thank you. Um, but this is just special. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, there's something, we, this is really on fire at Bethel, we're starting to do something really different, and it's really important, and you guys might even be doing it here, there may be other churches doing it, I don't know, I just hang out at Bethel, so what we're doing is, is to sustain revival, Pastor Bill says you got to activate children, you got to have children walking in their destiny, their identity, and their call, so, so the only way you can activate children is to activate their parents, so if you're a parent of a child in this church, would you please stand up? Any children, not even if they're just, you just have kids uh, and you're just happy with them and you want to give them some more love. Let, let me explain something to you real quick. And it's really easy. First off, you need to know that you, 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 when you have children, yeah, you're the first church. Those children should know you're the first children's pastor, those kids should know. So right now, put your hands out in front of you and receive like um, a good receiver. Put your hands out in front of you, and I just want to impart right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these parents right now. Father God, touch every one of these parents right now. We say give give them strategies, give them ideas, how to, how to bring heaven into the house. Father God, we do that, and then we bring our activated children, and they start activating each other. They don't come to Sunday school to learn. They, got, they come to Sunday school to participate. We want our children to participate. So right now, I just release favor over every one of these parents right now. New strategies, new, new, new ideas, new dreams, and ways to activate your children. Make sure your children feel loved. If you make them feel loved, you make them feel safe, you make them feel honored, you know what? Anything is possible. And that's what we do at Bethel for the kids, and that's what we're having the parents do, and it just sustains. We have seven-year-olds coming in, praying in tongues. A six-year-old boy, God told him he was supposed to sing over this lady in tongues. He's six years old. If if God told me I had to sing in tongues over somebody for healing, I'd really have to ask him a few times. But this little boy goes, Rick, his name is Joshua. He goes, Rick, I'm supposed to sing in tongues over her and she'll be healed. I'm like, do it. He walks over and goes, ma'am, can I sing in tongues? (laughs) When a six-year-old asks if you can sing in tongues, what do you do? She went for it, went down on the ground, got up pain-free. It was uh, fibromyalgia. And ringing tinnitus, ringing to the ears, both were gone when she got up off the ground, just by a little boy singing in tongues. So anyways, I just release over you a favor, and, and 
more. Oh, I just want you to receive right now. God, this is, oh, I just, I'm just going to blow across you right now. I want you just to, just to tangibly feel every part of your body as I'm doing this and watch what happens. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now that you're in this room. And we just say right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, love your children. Let them read the Bible together. Make it an adventure. Keep it exciting. Coming to church should be the best day of the week. You know? And I just want to bless each and every one of you right now in Jesus' name. We just send blessings to each parent right now in Jesus' name. We just call for more Holy Spirit encounters right now in Jesus' name. And as you go home today, I just say a new activation. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to happen. But I'll tell you what, today you're going to have an encounter that you've never had before. And you're going to be able to impart it into your children right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Bam. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.